The following sermon was delivered on Sunday, October 3rd, 2021, at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Andover by David Grober. The title of the sermon is Behaving, Believing, Belonging, and the sermon was written by the Reverend Stefan Jonasson. Here begins the sermon. It's, it's amazing how some human connections are able to transcend time and place. The Reverend Jonathan, the minister who first uh, presented the sermon, he tells a story of how his brother made contact on the internet with a long lost relative in Iceland. Now, as genealogists calculate relationships, the relative was the Jonathan brother's second cousin once removed. In simpler reckoning, you might call him a, might call him a kissing cousin. What matters, of course, is that however it's measured, they were kin. We are kin. We belong to something that crosses generations. We belong to one another. You know the old saying, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives. And when one is dealing with distant relations, this observation doesn't really matter much unless they come to visit. Well, the Jonasson's second cousin did come to visit that summer accompanied by his wife and their youngest daughter. And they stayed with the minister's brother and his family. And Jonathan admits that he found himself a little anxious about the prospect of these distant, that is virtually unknown, relations coming to town. What if they had nothing in common? What if they couldn't easily communicate with one another? What if their expectations of behavior were incompatible? What if differing beliefs proved to be barriers? What if, what if, what if? But there was no need for anxiety. Almost immediately, the Reverend recounts, they connected through the swift, sure bonds of kinship. And in the days and weeks that followed, their affection grew at the dinner table, around the campfire, along the beach. Reverend Johansson includes that I shall not soon forget this glorious time. We were blessed by their visit and we were moved to tears when it came time for them to return home. What is it about kinship that transcends the normal boundaries of human relationships? How is it that as distantly related as we are, somehow we feel an almost instant bonding with one another, a connection, a sense of belonging to one another, and more importantly, belonging to something that transcends time and place. Sometimes families cannot bridge even the smallest distances of time and geography, but more often than not, families do rise above their differences. And despite their imperfections, we can rely on them as on few other human institutions. Even after a distance of many generations, we can embrace those we call kin often sharing a remarkably common set of beliefs and behaviors, feeling clearly that we belong to one another. Now this can happen for more than just families. It happens too in the political realm and in social matters. And ideally it happens in religious circles. In his book, Sacred Fragments, Rabbi Neil Gilman notes how the founder of Reconstructionist Judaism Mordecai Kaplan taught that there are three possible ways of identifying with a religious community, by behaving, by believing, or by belonging. 
Kaplan himself insisted that the primary form of Jewish identification is belonging. That intuitive sense of kinship that binds a Jew to every other Jew in history and in the contemporary world. Whatever Jews believe, however they behave as Jews, serves to shape and concretize that underlying sense of being bound to a people with a shared history and destiny. In many ways, Unitarian Universalism is akin to this, though with a difference. If we accept Kaplan's analysis that people in religious communities tend to identify with those communities by behaving, believing, or belonging, we'll find ample evidence to support this view. There are the behaving religions, such as Puritan traditions from which we are religiously descended, and pietists of all religious communities who tend to place tremendous emphasis on the way we behave. The easy route to excommunication in pietistic and Puritan groups involves inappropriate behavior. But a behavioral emphasis is not all negative. In the late 19th century, our own issue of the West presented two competing claims for the basis of membership in Unitarian Universalism, excuse me, in Unitarian churches. On the one side were those who affirmed that membership demanded a common devotion to the Christian faith, as interpreted by Unitarians, of course. They felt that Unitarians needed to believe in and worship God as their object of devotion and acknowledge Jesus as their spiritual savior. On the other side of the issue, were those who argued for what was called the ethical basis. And for these Unitarians, what really mattered in religion was how we treated one another, how we cared for our neighbors, how we behaved towards one another. In time, those who advocated the ethical basis came to advance an even more broadly based interpretation of their position. But at first, they argued that behavior was the primary characteristic that bound people together in religious community. It mattered less to them what people believed than how they acted. Now there's also, there are also the believing religions. Creedal Christianity comes to mind. The defining characteristic of such religions, which are the most numerous, involves assent to a particular creed or statement of faith. Now, to be honest, creeds are not always Creeds are not always obvious at first glance. Even some varieties of, of humanism and certain secular philosophies come dangerously close at times to creedalism. It is creedal religion that Unitarians and Universalists have most clearly rebelled against in the course of history. Nevertheless, even while rejecting creedal approaches to religion, Unitarian Universalists have affirmed that in the words of Sophia Lyon Faz, it matters what we believe. But while recognizing the importance of belief, Unitarian Universalists have been reluctant to exclude people from their religious communities on the basis of belief alone. So this brings us to belong, the belonging religions. Judaism and Shinto stand out as two important examples of religious traditions that emphasize the importance of shared identity, spiritual kinship, and belonging to one another beyond what we may believe or how we may, be, how, how we may behave. 
belonging to one another is what is most important in such traditions. And there's at least a kernel of this sense among the Mennonites and in ethnic churches in general, where the creeds often bow before the altar of ethnic cohesiveness. In recent times, it can perhaps be said that Unitarian Universalism has overemphasized belonging, sometimes to the exclusion of behaving and believing. And yet there's something holy, well, at least wholesome, in the quality of belonging that we seek to nurture. But we seem to lack much of the richness or depth of belonging possessed by our friends in the Jewish community or other ancient traditions. Ours is, after all, largely an association of converts. Nevertheless, we do have a glimmer of this sense of belonging, an intuitive sense that we belong not only to one another, but to the whole of humanity. The human family is indeed one great kinship. Jonason argues that all three aspects, behaving, believing, and belonging are essential to any religious group that aspires to integrity. At different times and in different circumstances, a religious movement might emphasize one aspect or another, but an ongoing emphasis of one to the exclusion of the other two is adulterous. I mean, if behaving, believing, and belonging are not held together in some sort of creative tension, then we risk falling into the same sorts of adultery that have led many a religious movement to the scrap heap of human history. Earl Morse Wilbur's classic threefold slogan of Unitarianism, freedom, reason, and tolerance, reflects our ways of behaving believing and belonging. Our behavior is characterized by freedom. Our beliefs are built upon reason and our way of belonging is characterized by tolerance. It does matter how we behave. It does matter what we believe, but it matters more importantly to us that we remain, that we maintain a sense of belonging to one another and to the larger tradition the cloud of witnesses who have testified to the enduring ideals and vision of liberal religion. There may be something incredibly naive about the notion that we can have meaningful human relationships without any mandated behavior or commonly held belief. Perhaps if it were more easily accomplished, divorce lawyers would find themselves out of work. Yet we try as a religious community to live into this noble ideal. We do not say that behavior and belief are unimportant, but we do say through word and deed that our distinguishing characteristic is that we are a people who belong to one another. We covenant together in voluntary commitments with our spiritual neighbors, viewing one another as kindred spirits and interacting with love and compassion. It is interesting and inspiring to see how that sense of belonging can transcend the differences of time and place. To meet a Unitarian Universalist from another community, whether it's at a rural crossroads or in a large city, or with a different theological perspective, be it Christian, humanist, theist, or eclectic, is to immediately recognize a kindred spirit. It is almost like 
coming across a cousin, say a second cousin once removed, who turns out to share many of our own values and behaviors, idiosyncrasies and passions. When we encounter a kindred spirit, a person to whom we belong and who in turn belongs to us, we are reminded of the holiest of religious truths. All of us are sisters and brothers in the things that matter most. We are one great human family and those religious traditions that find their distinctive emphasis in recognizing that we belong to one another are in fact those religious communities that are best positioned in a broken world to heal, to bring healing to the earth and a sense of kinship to all who dwell here. <laughs>